0: Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Diagnosing a Killer. I am Kenna and I'm Koel and I'm super excited. We finally got a case that connects to a previous ca- a previous previous
1: case. case. just gonna go into it because I can't do it contain okay, I'm excitement. so excited okay
0: so mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about Patrick Kearney
1: mm. one
0: of three named the freeway killer wow which we found out when you did Randy Kraft and Kraft. Mm. Randy Kraft is not the freeway killer Patrick Kearney is not the freeway killer. William Bonin is
1: the actual freeway Freeway killer. killer.
0: (laughs) But we're going to be talking about Patrick Kearney, a.k.a. the trash bag murderer. The trash
1: bag murderer. Holy shit.
0: I'm so excited because (laughs) I was re-listening to Randy Craft earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess it's the trash bag killer. But... Mm -hmm. I was re-listening to Randy Craft like a couple days ago, and I remembered you mentioned Patrick Kearney, and I was like, "Oh my god, that would be such a good case because they kind of correlate." Right. Uh, so if you haven't heard Randy Craft, listen to it before you listen to this episode. <laughs> but we're just gonna get right into it because I'm really excited to talk about this guy.
1: Um. <clears throat> Alrighty, right? I got my coffee. I'm ready. <laughs> she's like up to
0: her face, like she's mm, ready to like yes, take a big yes. <laughs> Alright. Patrick Wayne Kearney was born on September 24th, 1939, in East Los Angeles. The, it was the 30s. It was the 30s. <laughs> in East Los Angeles to George and Eunice Kearney. So some reports actually list Patrick as being born in Texas, but his birth, actually, his records indicate that he was indeed born in LA. But I'll okay. explain why the Texas thing comes in in hmm. a minute. Always got to talk about Texas when we get a chance, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, Patrick was the oldest of three. On July 19th, 1944, when Patrick was four, his younger brother, Michael Irwin Kearney, was born. Oh. And when Patrick turned five and began school, his other younger brother, Chester Ross Kearney, was born on August 28th, 1945. Cute. By all accounts, this family was very stable as the boys grew up, with actually no reports of abuse or trauma mentioned anywhere. Where's the poop? Right? (laughs) So their father, George, was actually an LAPD officer. We love them.
1: Love (laughs) them. Yeah.
0: And mother, Eunice, was a homemaker. It was noted that George was a disciplinarian, however. Uh, The home was, quote, decent, honest, and uncomplicated, as according to the neighbors around the neighborhood, or, you know, the community. Mm -hmm. It was also noted that the area Patrick and his family lived in was a, quote, Tough area populated by Hispanic and black gangs who were always at loggerheads. I had to look up that word because I didn't recognize it. But loggerhead pretty much just means like dispute. So the two gangs were like always in some sort of disagreement. Okay. Um but that was like mentioned for I guess it was like a not so safe part of town because of that. Mm -hmm. Um so but the other than that, inside the home seemed very, you know, Mm -hmm. very decent. So I mentioned that when Patrick was five, his youngest brother was born. And this is the same time that he was starting elementary school. Mm -hmm. Patrick attended elementary school in Montebello, and he was noted as being a thin, shy, like kind of sickly-looking child. So like, (sighs) already not looking good. I know,
1: right? Because we were just talking about... That's it it's always those, right? It's like oh there's seemingly no problems in the house but the child was very sickly. Yeah, no, and then it's like <laughs> children are dicks and they're just going to fucking like Make talk shit, you know. And sometimes like, you know, they have dad complexes and stuff because yeah. their dad's like they want these strong strapping young lads. Yeah. That was especially uh, in the 30s.
0: Robert Berdella that we were talking about because yeah, yeah, like, he had like blo- like low blo- or high blood pressure when he was like a child.
1: What's <laughs> <Was laughs> blood pressure, Remember when we were
0: making fun of him oh, when he was in prison? Oh, you have high blood pressure. <laughs>
1: terrible i have high blood pressure feel bad for me yeah as i drink my coffee
0: (laughs) now unfortunately like i said um patrick's appearance kind of gave his classmates the perfect thing to tease and bully him about Uh, so although his home life was pretty decent his childhood was not without hardship especially in school it was as early as the age of eight that it's reported that patrick actually began having thoughts of killing Um, I assumed because he was being bullied at school super often that he actually fantasized about killing these bullies at school, which is like really sad.
1: Did he end up abusing animals?
0: Of course. (sighs) He's a serial killer. Damn it. (laughs) Now at the age of 10, Patrick's family moved to Runnymede Street on the outskirts of Resenda, which is near the San Fernando Valley, still in California. This being the case, Patrick had to change schools. Unfortunately, being the new kid at school, and again with his appearance, subjected him to immediately become bullied again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bullying actually got so bad that Patrick would later compare his school and his life to that of uh, Carrie's from the 1976 <gasps> film Carrie. Oh.
1: Um
0: He recalled that he was a slight, effeminate, wimpy boy who wore thick-lens glasses.
1: I thought Carrie didn't come out until the 70s, though. That's why I said 1976. Oh. He would later
0: recall that he, he was like, see. yeah, when he was young he was older, he would say that. that okay.
1: Was I was like, how?
0: um <laughs> He's a time traveler. Yeah. I'm not going to censor these words because they are quotes, but I will say, uh, trigger warning, these words can be a little triggering. Um, but he would also recall that his fellow students would call him names such as, quote, girly boy, quote, queer boy, and quote, little faggot, despite the fact that he was interested in girls. I don't like that word, but... I'm trying to prove the point that he was, like, dealing with this for much of his childhood. Right, okay. I won't say it again, but that's that's a word that comes up frequently. I hate that word. I know, I do too. So, of course, this bullying would stick with him for the long run. Um, this is also the time that he recalls really being obsessed over thoughts of killing the bullies, but mm-hmm. it became, like, compulsive. Like, he would, like, frequently, frequently think yeah. about it. Now, fast forward to when Patrick turned 13... His father took him out for a, quote, bonding experience, and he bought him a twenty-two caliber rifle for hunting, right? Which is not unusual, especially Mm -hmm. for avid hunters. It's, you know, it's really typical to teach children at a young age about gun safety and, you know, Mm -hmm. hunting for their food. However, (laughs) it wasn't necessarily animals that Patrick was planning on hunting, unbeknownst to his dad, and so he was, like, taking this lesson and turning it into something really horrible. yeah. Um, and also, during this lesson, his father was not without blame um, because he actually brought him to, out, out to hunt for pigs. And he had explained to Patrick that the best way and most humane place was to shoot the pig behind the left ear as this would cause the least amount of bleeding. Okay, normal. Content warning animals. Now, the lesson, again, not bad in itself, but apparently Patrick decided to take it to the extreme and he began hunting and slaughtering animals inhumanely and just for fun. Uh, Which, ugh, I hate that. Um, Now, while, again, content warning, content warning. While killing these animals, Patrick would actually later um, admit that he would roll around in their blood and their guts and would uh, fantasize about them being humans rather than animals. So it's kind of escalating a little (laughs) bit quickly.
1: (laughs) It's kind of serious. Again... Oh content my God. warning, content warning. Again, it's, like, those moments, because at this point he hasn't... I mean, well, uh, uh, fuck anybody who harms animals, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, to me, yeah, no, but it's... <laughs> ugh. But, so, like, but at this point he hasn't killed anybody, but you're just thinking, like, oh, my God, there are, there are all the signs. All of the things are right there. And, I mean, this is the sh- kind of shit you hear about before a school shooting, you know? I mean, that's... It's... Ugh.
0: Yeah, and especially the bullying, but at the same time, it seems at this point that no one, he's not admitting this to anybody, the mm-hmm. bullying especially, the animal cruelty especially, like mm-hmm. he's not, no one has seen him do that and he's not telling that to anybody, so it's, it's like, true. who would have known, like, right. you know. Um, again, content warning, content warning, it was around this time that Patrick later claimed to have actually had his first sexual experience with the family dog. Uh, I won't go into detail, because it's kind of <sighs> already getting heavy, sorry for all of the content.
1: And that's where we end. Yeah, <laughs> end scene. <laughs> so, in
0: 1953, uh, when Patrick reached middle school, he attended the Diane St. Lykman Special Education Center in Rosenda, California, where of course the bullying continued. The children at this new school, his middle school, also referred to him as, quote, F-word boy, I'm not going to say it again, but same- similarly to his last school. And uh, would tease him uh, constantly about his feminine appearance. It was at this time that Patrick actually began admitting to himself that he may not be as heterosexual as he was putting on up until this point. Hmm. Um, but of course, he would never let the school children know about that. Right. So before uh, he had any real time to make friends at this school, his father George resigned from the LAPD and actually became a salesman for a travel agency. Because of this new job, the family moved to Wilcox, Arizona, when Patrick was in seventh grade, and he moved schools, yet again, to Wilcox Middle School, where, you guessed it, the bullying continued. Hmm. Despite the hard times he found himself in middle school, Patrick was actually really passionate about learning new languages, and while attending this school, he became proficient in Spanish, Japanese, and Mandarin Chinese. Yeah, because he probably hated
1: America. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
0: Also, (laughs) I want to just point out that Mandarin Chinese and Japanese are like very difficult yeah, languages really to Yeah, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after this school year, the family found themselves moving back to California again for Dad's job. This time in Redondo Beach, which I've been to and it's beautiful. Just saying.
1: This is where we to pepper I'm Just pepper that
0: in there. there. I was there for like a total of four hours because we were in a layover in California. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Patrick would attend high school and eventually graduate in 1957. Now, it was noted that the family moved to Texas after this for a short period of time, but they ended up coming back to California once again, where Patrick attended El Camino Community College for a short period of time. Not wanting to continue with college, in 1958, at the age of 19, Patrick decided to join the Air Force. Hmm. You kind of see that, right? I feel like in in cases that we've talked about, you know, especially when kids are having a hard time growing up, they don't really see a clear path for them. They don't really have, like, you know, something Mm -hmm. that they're... Kind of learning towards as they go through high school, they kind of join the military, especially because they are they're wanting that structure.
1: Yeah, they're craving structure. Not only that, but they're craving to use guns legally. That's also true. (laughs) In my opinion,
0: (laughs) hoping to be able to travel the world with the military, Patrick was slightly disappointed when he became stationed in Texas for his basic training.
1: I just wanted to leave.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, while in Texas, Patrick met a man by the name of David Hill. And although David was married to a woman at the time, the two quickly became friends and secret lovers. Mm. And it was at this point that Patrick decided to act on his sexual tendencies. So up until this point, he had been in denial that he may have been homosexual. Mm-hmm. So David Hill had been dishonorably discharged from the army. So I I made the assumption that they just met from mutual friends, you know, mm-hmm. in the military community. Mm. Now, Hill was born in Lubbock, Texas in 1942, and he was noted as being a high school dropout and, quote, one of life's natural-born slackers. Kind of like a terrible (laughs) umbrella to put over someone's head. I love that. (laughs) It was also noted that the two, David and Patrick, made an odd-looking couple, with Patrick being a very wimpy-looking 5'7", and David being 6'2", and particularly muscular. Ooh. I know, I'm like, Mm. (laughs) oh, Tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) Burt Reynolds or something. Also married to a woman and having a secret (laughs) affair with a man. Yes. The couple would maintain an on-again, off-again relationship for the next 15 years.
1: Mmm.
0: Good for them. On-again, off-again, good for them. Good for them. For
1: 15 years? Okay, we'll just wait. <laughs> That's a long relationship. Story what? Oh, okay. quickly goes downhill. Okay, all right. And then he bathes in blood. <laughs> well, I mean, pretty
0: fucking much. Jesus. <laughs> now, at the age of 21, while still in Texas, Patrick received an honorable discharge from the Air Force. Um, It didn't say exactly why but with his stint in the military ending he made the choice to move back to california this time in long beach Mm -hmm. and david went with him so they both moved back to california together is david divorced now he's not like he's separated from his wife i think that he kind of is like yeah
1: i'm gonna be with patrick now oh i'm just gonna take a trip with the boys (laughs) all right
0: (laughs) Uh, what is it uh indefinitely
1: (laughs) i'm gonna
0: take a trip with the boys indefinitely yeah now it was noted that while in California, Patrick began working as an engineer for Hughes Aircraft. Obviously, he did a stint in the Air Force, mm. where his coworkers and bosses alike described him as a quote model worker. Aww, always seems that always. way. Right? Always, <laughs> because they're very organized. Of course. It was also at this time that it's noted that Patrick began taking college courses again. This time at Cal State University in Long Beach. After moving to Long Beach together, the couples, the couple, <laughs> the couple, <laughs> the couple, the couple suffered from frequent explosive fights. And eventually, in 1962, David actually left Patrick and went back to Texas to be with his ex-wife, Linda. Wow. He left him again. He's going back and forth between these two. (sighs) Okay, never mind. I take back what I said. (laughs) Newly single and very angry, Patrick began frequenting gay bars around Southern California and even some in Mexico, where he used his knowledge of Spanish to speak to the locals. This would be his motive in order to pick up potential victims in the future And in the spring of the same year, 1962, Patrick would murder his first known victim. This fueling anger from David leaving him, seemingly, is what was the tipping point. For Sally, or whatever her name is. Linda.
1: Oh, Linda. (laughs) Listen, Linda. (laughs) Listen,
0: Linda. (laughs) Content warning. (laughs) Patrick was driving around on his motorcycle, frequenting the bars that he usually did, when he picked up a hitchhiker that is actually still unknown to this day, his name a 19-year-old man in Orange, California. Although the identity of this man is unknown, it is noted that he was either from Oklahoma or Louisiana, so he wasn't a local. The man got on the back of Patrick's motorcycle, and after driving him to a secluded spot, Patrick shot the man behind his left ear, (gasps) similarly to the way that he had been told to kill pigs. Wow. Content warning. After Patrick was sure that the man was dead, he sexually assaulted his body, dismembered and mutilated the corpse stuffed it into garbage bags and disposed of him off of highway 86 the trash bag killer okay this is another reason that he was dubbed the freeway
1: killer of course because it's disposal off of the highway along with randy Crafton and william Bonin. well i mean you know what I, I feel like they're all highway killers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Eileen Warnos. Yeah, uh, she. W- it was all down Interstate 75, and I actually like looked up a map, which I didn't say in the episode, where I regret now. But I looked at a map, and it's you can see where she dumped. <sighs> like you see the dots in different in different counties, and that's why it was kind of hard for her to get caught for a while too, is because although the M O. was similar, it's all different counties. It's yeah, all different, that's true. All different police departments, jurisdictions. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, also, like, not for nothing, but, like, what's the lowest, The slowest you can go on a highway? Is, like, 55, 60? Like, you're going pretty fast past these things. Like, who's yeah. gonna just stop on this, you know? Exactly. Like, this kind of mad, but... Now, it was noted that Patrick's second victim was actually this unnamed 19-year-old's little cousin, who was 16 years old. What? This boy was never identified by name either, but it was noted that the 16-year-old had actually seen his older cousin get on the back of Patrick's motorcycle... So he saw Patrick's face. Kearney realized that this boy was a potential witness, so he pursued him and convinced him to get on his motorcycle as well, most likely telling him that he was going to take him to his cousin. Right. The method was the same. Patrick took the boy to a remote area and shot him in the head. Content warning. Sexually assaulting his corpse the same way and disposing of him. It was actually not stated when this second murder took place. However, it seemed as if it was the same night due to the fact that he knew where the 16-year-old was. Mm-hmm. Which is wild to me that he did... He It was his first murder, but it was two in the same... Pretty much within the same couple of hours, it seems like.
1: Wow. And he clearly knew what he was doing because he had a... He already has he an He had it planned out. Yeah, it was methodical for, for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, Patrick confessed to killing one more young man this same year, an 18-year-old named Mike, although there is not much known about this murder either. And what month was this? This is within six months of the first six months of 1962 that these these three happened, which is really quick. Yeah. It was around July of 1962 that David left his wife, Linda, yet again, and moved (laughs) back to California to be with Patrick. Oh, Linda. And what do you think Patrick did? He accepted him with open arms. Of course he did. After David moved back to California, Patrick and him seemingly had a great life together. Living in Long Beach, Patrick still working at Hughes Aircraft, and even becoming a senior research assistant by 1963, putting his salary at $20,000 a year, Wow, which roughly translate today to $193,000. Oh my god. He was making a
1: good living. No wonder David was like, what you doing? Yeah. What you doing over there?
0: Well, since he was doing really well with money, David was not working. Mm Because he didn't need to, apparently.
1: Wow. Must be nice.
0: Because David was not working, this was actually causing a lot of strain on their relationship. (sighs) And they began arguing frequently again. No. I said on again, off again for 15 years.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize it was that on and off again.
0: That's (laughs) so annoying. So due to Patrick's new position at work, it took the men to Culver City, where their relationship cooled down for a little while. Now, there is not much known about Patrick's next victim, but he did confess to killing an unnamed man sometime in 1965 in Orange County, California. That's all there is that's known about that crime. Okay. Now, fast forward to 1966, Patrick is now 26 years old, still living with David, who had actually filed for divorce from Linda the same year. In June of 1967, Patrick invited David to take a road trip with him down to Mexico where they had met up with an old friend by the name of George. They had their visit, and they headed back home. Patrick later confessed to killing George that same year in December, months after they took this trip. What? So Patrick somehow had made his way back down to Mexico and went over to George's house without David. Um, he actually snuck in while George was sleeping. Content warning. Patrick snuck into George's room and shot him fatally between the eyes while he was asleep. After he was deceased, Patrick put his corpse in the bathtub and sodomized his body. Content warning again. He then began skinning George's body with an exacto knife and completely
1: dismembered the corpse. What? That was awful. An exacto knife? That's like tedious. That must have taken ages. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be coarse in no. saying that. I'm just saying that's an exacto knife. Is, it like makes my so stomach small. hurt.
0: Yeah. Now, after he was finished with this portion of his crime, he actually buried George's body in his own backyard behind the garage. Um, not before removing the bullet from his head in case the body was ever discovered so that he wouldn't get caught.
1: Well, he took him apart, I would just think. Yeah. I mean, oh,
0: God, that's awful. Yeah. George's remains would not be found until nearly 10 years later. <sighs> now, after this... Crime. Patrick was absolutely terrified that he would be caught because he was in this man's home. This man is—he probably has neighbors, you know. Like like,
1: how bold,
0: yeah. And at the age of 27 in 1967, Patrick actually decided to take a break from killing. I'm not gonna take. I'm gonna lay low for a little while. And he actually put an offer on a house in Redondo Beach, California, where he had lived before. An offer of about twenty thousand dollars, which is that's a lot. Yeah, but like I want to pay that much for a house today. (laughs) yeah (laughs) the offer was accepted and him and david both moved in together in december of 1967 okay this would become the house in which many of his future murders occurred but david lives
1: there (gasps) does he oh god no
0: (laughs) david so so far we've spoken about the victims that patrick later confessed to killing But it was not until 1968 that there was a victim he was later confirmed to have killed and was convicted of. So these ones we've talked about, he was never confirmed. Mm -hmm. He was just saying, I did those, I did those. And then 1968 was his first confirmed. Now, David and Patrick both lived together in this home that Patrick had purchased until June of 1971, when David decided to leave Patrick yet again, this time leaving only a note. What? Yeah. What is, what? What is... He's what? probably like a fucking weirdo, and David's like, I don't know if I can be with you. They were fighting a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. Patrick's this just point, too weird to be with.
0: At this point, though, seemingly, David has no idea what's been mm-hmm. going on. Due to this breakup this time, Patrick, yet again, became enraged, and he wanted revenge. Not gonna get revenge on David, though. He's gonna take it out on some innocent fucking people.
1: That's awful. I wonder what David would have done had he known that every time he left him, he was murdering people.
0: So, Patrick began his old ways, driving around for hours and looking for anyone to pick up and harm. This is where I'm going to list all of his known victims in order, and they happen really fast, so it's a lot, but it is important Mm -hmm. for the story. On June 26th, 1971, very shortly after David left Patrick once again, Patrick came upon 13-year-old John E. Demchik, who was standing on a corner in Inglewood. Patrick offered to drive him home, but he, of course, had other plans. Baby. Content warning. When the boy entered the truck, Patrick shot him in the head. He then drove to a secluded area about 15 miles southeast of Calexico, where he dragged the boy, who was unconscious and bleeding badly, to a nearby gully. He undressed the boy and sexually abused him, and then he left him completely naked in the gully to die unfortunately the boy did not survive this attack and his Mm. body would not be found for nearly 20 months
1: wow
0: by the way this is a content warning for like the rest of this part yeah i'm gonna describe murder after murder right after this patrick abducted and killed a 17 year old boy by the name of james barwick on an unknown date he shot the boy in the back of the head assaulted his body and disposed of him similarly to others in the past Although they did not know exactly the date he was killed, the body was found on September 11th, 1973.
1: You said similarly. Does that mean trash bags? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he worked. didn't do that to the gully kid.
0: Yes. Yeah, so like, you know, in a remote, like secluded, kind of like off the road
1: location. I see what you mean. You know? Yeah.
0: On August 24th, 1974, a five-year-old boy by the name of Ronald Dean Smith disappeared in Lenox, California. Five. I know. Patrick actually changed his M.O. slightly this time. And actually held the boy captive for two days sexually assaulting him multiple times he then killed the boy by suffocation before dumping his semi-nude body in Riverside County where it was found 49 days later on April 13, 1975 Patrick picked up a male prostitute by the name of Albert Rivera where he drove him to a secluded location and shot him in the head he then took Albert's body back to his house where he sodomized him and then proceeded to cut his body into pieces, disposing him in garbage bags. On November 10th, 1975, Patrick picked up 20-year-old Larry Jean Walters and brought him to his home and shot him in the head. He then sodomized his body and dismembered him, disposing him in garbage bags as well. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. In the fall of 1976, a 17-year-old boy by the name of Robert Billy Beneful was riding his bike down a road in Redondo Beach, California, when his bike actually malfunctioned. Patrick just so happened to be driving by when he spotted the boy and he offered him a ride. The boy accepted and got into Patrick's truck. Patrick proceeded to act out his usual M.O., shooting the boy in the back of the head and taking him back to his house. He sexually assaulted the boy and dismembered him and dumped his body in multiple different locations. Due to his body being in several different locations, he was actually never found. (sighs) Everyone take a deep breath. We're going to keep going. (laughs) I know. Oh, man. On March 1st, 1976, Patrick picked up another 17-year-old boy that was walking down the street by the name of Kenneth E. Uh, I think his last name is Buchanan. The boy accepted, and when he got in the truck, Patrick shot him in the back of the head and took him to his house. He sodomized the boy, and at some point during this attack, Kenneth actually woke up. And came too, And Patrick responded to this by shooting him three more times. Mm -hmm. On March 21st, 1976, so this is just 20 days later, Mm -hmm. a 13-year-old by the name of Oliver Peter Maloiter was hitchhiking in Redondo Beach when Patrick came upon him and offered him a ride. During their time together, Patrick stated that they played, quote, doctor, which led to sex. Because a 13-year-old can consent, right? Right it just led he said that patrick said that later on about this murder like there's not a lot of things that enrage me more than an adult saying that like oh well she wanted it she's fucking 16 okay like you know she doesn't have a choice in that matter like ugh. unfortunately patrick ultimately killed the boy dismembering his body and putting it into multiple garbage bags He had also scattered these bags in many different places at the Palos Verdes landfill, making it difficult to find his entire body. On April nineteenth, nineteen seventy six, Patrick picked up a fifteen year old boy by the name of Larry Armandarez, who was hitchhiking as well. He was shot in the back of the head upon entering the truck and taken back to Patrick's house, where he sexually assaulted his corpse and dismembered and disposed of him. We're still going,
1: just to show how how much of a monster this fucking guy is. I mean, I guess he's not one of the most famous serial killers in the world because he had a short list, you know? Yeah,
0: it's ridiculous. <sighs> On June 16th, 1976, 13-year-old Michael Greg McKee was hi- hitchhiking from Inglewood Avenue to Torrance when Patrick picked him up. According to police, Patrick had befriended the boy and actually invited him to attend a camping trip over the course of the weekend. After spending time with the boy, Michael apparently had opened up about his criminal history the boy had and inquired about the location of burglar alarms in Patrick's house. I guess, you know, this is the 70s, so these these kids are hitchhiking. They're probably hitchhiking for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Hearing this boy kind of hype himself up about his past crimes uh, made Patrick upset and he shot and killed him. Later, while being interviewed by detectives about this murder, Patrick implied that he had destroyed the remains, stating, quote, I disposed of the body. You aren't going to find him. And unfortunately, the boy was never found. Okay, we're done with that section. That was a lot boom, 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 like I yes. said, and it was a lot of people back to back, but it, it's just so telling about how much of a fucking piece of shit this right. is. Right. Now, if it's not already clear, at this point, Patrick recalls being obsessed with other active and past serial killers... He recalled keeping everything documented on one Dean Corll.
1: Do you know who that is? No, I don't. I
0: didn't either. Uh, he was an active serial killer from December 1939 to August 1973. Wow. It's so almost 40 years. Time. We need to do an episode on him for sure. Um, well, being in California in the 70s, we know this, and the listeners probably do as well, there were multiple serial killers that were active around this time. Patrick later recalled being intrigued by the lot, such as the Hillside Stranglers, the Zodiac Killer and randy Kraft.
1: Ooh, he's yeah. got a fan right <laughs> one just one now the difference in these
0: killers and patrick however was that his mo was much different than theirs he would typically you know shoot his victims in the head carefully dismember them he would actually i didn't mention this in the past ones but he would drain their blood and even wash their bodies before disposing of them so that there was no evidence
1: on the bodies right which uh coincides with learning about hunting and stuff. yeah absolutely yeah.
0: On June 20th, 1976, Patrick met one John Woody Woods and did his usual M.O., shooting and killing him, sexually assaulting him, and dismembering and disposing of his body. Sometime in this year as well, 17-year-old male Larry S.B. was hitchhiking in Redondo Beach when Patrick came across him and offered him a ride. Larry accepted, and when he got in the truck, he was shot in the back of the head as well. Patrick then took him home and proceeded to do what he does. His body was found on August 23, 1976. On August 28, 1976, police found the body of Wilfred Lawrence Faraday as he had been shot in the head and dumped as well. And this murder had also been linked to Patrick in the, in the, uh, in the future. In the same month of 1976, a 16-year-old hitchhiker named Randall Randy Lawrence Moore was shot in the head by Patrick and dumped as well. On October 6th, 1976, Patrick came across 20-year-old hitchhiker Mark Andrew Oric, where he shot and killed him. It's just like you
1: like boom boom boom. Right.
0: This one was a little different, however, because the body was found the same day he was killed, showing that Patrick may have been interrupted and was actually unable to take him home and complete his M.O. Wow. It almost seems like he had kind of to dump him quickly and leave. Right. On November 15th, 1976, a 19-year-old male named Timothy B. Ingham was hitchhiking in California when he was picked up by Patrick. He traveled south, and at some point, Patrick shot the boy in the head while he was asleep and actually threw his body down a ravine. Um, He did not go back to the house because he was actually on his way to Mexico, and while there, he actually gave some of his friends items from the boy that he had (gasps) picked up and killed. He was like, oh, I bought you these gifts, like, these personal items. That is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine getting something like that as a gift.
1: You're like, wow, what a beautiful ring. And then knowing that it's like yeah. a murder victim. Yeah, and
0: it's Ugh. like the trophy. Ugh. Like- <laughs> on an unknown date in the fall of 1976, Patrick came across 27 year old David Allen in Fallbrook, San Diego. He picked the man up and proceeded to shoot and kill him as well, leaving him on the side of the road. In the beginning of 1977, the body of a 28-year-old male prostitute by the name of Nicholas Nicky Hernandez Jimenez was found. The boy was shot in the head, dismembered, and disposed of in trash bags. On February 19th of 1977, Patrick changes up his M.O. yet again and decides that this time he wanted to target an acquaintance of his, not some stranger, someone that he knew.
1: Well, technically, this is the second one then, right? Because he knew George, too.
0: Oh, you're right. Um, this man's name was Arturo Ramos Marquez. He later confessed to shooting and killing the friend, dismembering and disposing of his body. On March 13th, 1977, a 17-year-old boy named John Otis LeMay came to Patrick's house. At around 5.30 p.m. on the same day, John had told a neighbor that he was going to Redondo Beach to meet a man named Dave, whom he had met at a local gym. This man was, in fact, David Hill, who had reconnected with Patrick and gave the boy Patrick's address with the promise of hanging out? Wait, that's what? right, folks. <laughs> that's oh right. Oh my God, why? The what truth comes out, and David Hill had been in contact with Patrick the whole time. However, it was later determined that he had, quote, no involvement in the crimes and was released. That's
1: bullshit. We'll see if we believe that. Yeah, later. that's bullshit. <laughs> That's <laughs> that. That danceable. <I'm> <laughs> I was like, like I hey, got hey, it. <laughs> <"Hey."> <laughs>
0: it's like the Grinch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so back to March 13th. John Lemay went to Patrick's address with the idea that David would be there to hang out because he had met David at the gym previously. They had reconnected, they had connected as friends, and David gave him his address, which is Patrick's address. They lived together. And he said, here, go to my address. I'll meet you there. When the boy arrived, however, David was not there yet. He Mm -hmm. was, that was, David's plan was to meet the boy. He just wasn't there yet. But Patrick invited him to come on in and watch some TV and hang out anyway and wait for David. While waiting and watching TV, John's on the couch, Patrick left the room and grabbed his .22 Derringer and shot the boy in the back of the head, killing him instantly. He took the time to carefully cut the boy's body up, drain the parts of blood, and wash them before neatly packaging them into five different trash bags.
1: How far away was David? Sus. That's so sus. <laughs> yeah, David's not looking good in this one. Yeah, no, not looking good for you, David.
0: All of these bags were sealed with nylon filament tape. He then disposed of the bags. Two bags were discarded on the ground, and three others were stuffed into a nearby 80-gallon oil drum. Now, since John had told a neighbor the name of the man he was going to meet, and when he did not return home that evening or the next day, his mother began to worry. She called the El Segundo Police Department with a terrible feeling that something horrible had happened to her son. She was adamant that he never left for more than a day without letting her know where he was or checking in. However, the police were convinced he was just a runaway. Oh, of course. Have you heard that before? This is in LA, right? If I had
1: a dollar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's well, in California. Oh, that's still. Five days later... Actually, it's in Redondo Beach, which is, like, right next to LA. Yes. <laughs> Five days later, John's mother's worst fears were realized when they found the garbage bags. With all five bags being found, there was actually never a head recovered at all.
1: Oh no. The body was
0: identified by a unique birthmark. <sighs> if this doesn't piss you off, the police chalked up this killing, they found many people in garbage bags, to, quote, just another F word in the bag killing. <gasps> Are you That's serious? what they fucking said.
1: That made me... That made my stomach hurt. But, like, the rhyming... Yeah. Shorthand? Yeah.
0: Although the police didn't really seem to care that a number of homosexual men were being murdered, they did have interest in solving the case and getting someone pinned for it. And with a lead from John knowing David's first name, they had quickly narrowed down to Patrick and David. Even though the police were searching for leads and honing in on them, Patrick could not resist his need to kill... And on April 6th, 1977, Patrick lured 8-year-old Merle Hondo Chance to his home after seeing him riding around the neighborhood on his bike. He smothered the young boy to death. Very weird, because usually his M.O. is a gunshot. is, Is a gun, yeah. But he knows they're onto him, so maybe he's trying something else out. Unfortunately, he sexually assaulted the boy's body and dismembered and dumped him. A month later, in May of 1977... Warrants were issued, charging David Douglas Hill, 34, and Patrick Wayne Kearney, 37, with having murdered John Millay, sawing off his hands, feet, and head, and burying what remained of his body. The mother's quick action was the only real break in the case since the body of Albert Rivera, the first one that became known to be one of the trash bag murderers. What? According to investigators, John LeMay was probably the last of a series of young men murdered by Patrick and David for over a decade and david that's where we're gonna stop for part one no! it's a two-parter and Ooh, David. yeah well we don't know oh my
1: oh all right we're oh gonna go gosh. right
0: into part two you're gonna get it in a couple days and we're just gonna go ahead and go we can follow us on instagram at diagnosing a killer twitter at killer diagnosis patreon.com slash diagnosing a killer diagnosing a killer at gmail.com follow us on tiktok we love you bye we
1: love you <laughs> bye <laughs>